the straw hat book voyage a seafaring adventure through one piece i'm your captain jay i'm your captain jamie jamie arg arg avast pirates and stuff pirates <laughs> jamie they're doing pirate stuff now oh my god i'm so excited to talk about this week's three volumes because they're, they're finally doing pirate stuff they're gonna go on an adventure they're just going on a straight up adventure they're looking for treasure it's a pretty good time it's a pretty good time. There's a map involved. There's fun stuff. Okay, so these last two weeks, we've been reading volumes uh, 25, 26, and 27, and we're getting into the Skypea arc. It's new stuff. It's new stuff. We're not in the freaking desert anymore. I'm so excited. And you can feel it. You can feel this new arc. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. There's there's, there's a little bit of a, a little, little tonal shift, just a little bit, where it just kind of feels like... And I almost, not just a tonal shift, but I feel like a renewal for them. Like, I I feel like they've been through this big, rough thing together, and it's just kind of solidified their relationship even further. Oh, yeah. Like, they feel more like a crew now than they ever have. Volume 25 is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Who do we get introduced to right off the bat? Yeah, we get to meet Cricket. And, like, also, he kind of, he's buddies with those monkey dudes turns out and they're like his bros like i've kind of like i i did not give those guys enough credit like i was just like these monkey guys like that one guy that one he's funny he's kind of cute the other one whatever and then this this chapter starts and I'm like, oh no these guys are such a good time they're like a little family it's they're so such cute. a family man okay first of all cricket is a really cool like friendly character because he just feels he just feels like like kind of old and like he's grizzled wizened he's grizzled he's a little jaded but he has a good heart right <laughs> exactly <laughs> he's that guy i really i really loved how uh <laughs> so he explains about how um he's been diving into the ocean for ages and ages because he's his family's basically been cursed by the memory of his ancestor who had the reputation of being a, a liar, the Straw Hats immediately assumes, like, oh, so you're trying to, like, cleanse your fa- your family name. And he's like, no, this asshole ruined my life. This is for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and th- this this thing is, like, so well known. It's like a, it's like a children's story. It's like a Pinocchio story. Yeah, and, and through that, we find out a little fun fact. Uh, Sanji isn't from the East Blue like the rest of the crew. He's from the North Blue. This little tidbit, I find this really interesting because when Sanji mentions this and then we read this story and we find out like, oh yeah, every, every, and then Bellamy's crew also mentions because they're also from the North Blue. Like, yeah, all, all the kids in the North Blue know this story. It sort of, it opens up the world even more as to like, hey, this world is big. It has a lot of cultures. It Here's something that's actually regional. Yeah, here's here's a regional thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's really fun. I, I, I like that as the story progresses, the world just feels bigger and bigger, even if it isn't about stuff that's directly affecting the story. Like, we even get the little fun fact about Vera. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting little post-chapter tidbit. It, it, it's, such a, it's such a little detail, but... Oda mentions the city of Vera and uh, uh, have, going through a coup d'etat, 
like ages ago, right after they beat Arlong. And then it comes up again in Nolan's logbook about a lively town called Vera. And it's like, I don't know, it's just like these little details that bring out the, the, the depth of this world. It's fun. He's so good at keeping, like, keeping track of this stuff, too. Like, it, and it, it would be one thing if it was just, like, maybe ten or so things, but it's just so continuous. Even if, like, the, some of these things aren't intentional and he just picks them back up, it he does it well. Yeah. Or, like, he'll mention something offhand in the question corner and then it'll come up. Like, Mirrorball Island. That happened a while ago, but I appreciated that. He talked about uh, Mirrorball Island, I believe, originally in a question corner, and then... One of the little side stories took place in Mirrorball <laughs> Island. Okay, one thing I do, one thing I really appreciate about this story is that it is another liar story. Yes! And it doesn't ignore the fact that we have a liar, like, <laughs> someone who's a notorious liar, that's his thing. And it wasn't, like, brushed off or ignored, but it was actually kind of challenged. Yes! Like, Usopp being the one who's like, no, this guy's lying. He's, he's lying to us. This is too convenient. I love that. <laughs> Usopp even has a confrontation with him. Yeah, it's it's short, but it's like he has a moment. What what I find interesting and what might be the... I, I guess that was kind of the point of the confrontation is that Cricket doesn't get angry at being called a liar. Like, I don't know if it's just because he's so used to it by now for people to assume that of him or if he just likes the Straw Hat so much that he doesn't care. Him him being called, like, straight up a liar by Usopp and him just brushing it off and explaining himself and then walking away. But those little character moments continue when they when they go hunt down the south bird and they break into groups and, you again, you see them kind of operate as, as like, a team or, you, you know, like, a, as, like, a crew. Uh, one of my favorite little things is, so in a lot of anime, um, whenever you see characters, whenever the idea of, like, collecting beetles is brought up... <laughs> It's it's always to kind of emphasize that a character, specifically male characters, are boyish, like childish yeah. and boyish. And so, like 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 we were watching Free, and Momo is obsessed with collecting beetles. Mm-hmm. So of course, Luffy loves beetles to the point where when Chopper asked him how valuable, like is is an atlas as valuable as the One Piece, and he's like, hmm, that's a good question. It's a good question. I agree with that. <laughs> also, like <laughs> that that moment was like also like. Oh, right. The One Piece. The One Piece is a thing, oh isn't God. it? <laughs> it's something that I, I, I like, th- this This story is so much fun, but every once in a while you're reminded, wait a minute, aren't they after something? <laughs> oh, right. Does this journey have, a, like, an ultimate There goal? is a destination, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> but no, with Luffy as captain, it's just like, we're doing this, now we're doing this. We, we, we just saved a kingdom. Let's go to the Sky Island. Why? Because it's there. Yeah, like, they could have continued on. They didn't need to do this. Yeah. Luffy needed to do this. Luffy needed to do this. But between that and this beetle thing, like, Luffy is being so goofy through this. He's he's being such a boy. He's being just such a- He is. Being such a boy about everything, and I- personally, I love it. It- it, it's like- it's like the whole arc of saving the kingdom was- Oh, that was serious time. Now it's- now Luffy doesn't have a, a huge goal in mind, so let's just- He's just gonna be be happy boy. It's it's happy boy time. <laughs> so the crew comes back, and while they were gone, Cricket and his bros apparently got demolished by Bellamy. Just coming in and being a dick. Yeah, steal his gold and some of his treasures, things that mean mean something. It, and and we get a line from the crew 
that like again just kind of solidifies their whole deal. Um, I I want to say it's like either Sarkis or Bellamy who says who basically says we're stronger than you, so that makes us worthy of your treasure. Yeah, and like dis- despite like Cricket's hatred for his ancestors' burden, he also kind of has a-, a pride in it. And when he was telling the stories and stuff, like. Luffy was kind of ignoring it. Like, he's like, I don't care. I just want to go to Sky Island. Yeah. Like, just, you know. But the moment that Cricket's, his pride, his everything was disrespected, Luffy gives a shit. Yeah, even Cricket doesn't really care. He's like, this, it doesn't matter. You guys, you, we don't have a lot of time. You guys need to get out of here. And Luffy's like, no, I'll be back later. <laughs> so now it's time for Luffy to go beat some ass. <laughs> and boy, does he. <laughs> Ooh, it's so satisfying. Like, just Luffy comes... They find out that their um, bounty skyrocketed, too, right before this happened. But, like, there's so many pages of Bellamy just being, like, threatening, showing off. He's gonna he's gonna go after Luffy. He's gonna kill him. And then, boom! Just... Ain't shit, son! He, he comes up with so many justifications for why Luffy's... Why Luffy's definitely... Like, does this guy look like he's worth a hundred million berries? We just we just kicked the snot out of him earlier. We talked last time about how Bellamy was sort of a foil to Luffy because uh, for a lot of different reasons, both visually and, like, personality-wise, um, but largely because of what they stand for is just kind of polar opposites of the uh, spectrum. Luffy is all about following his dream and Bellamy literally his entire... The entire idea around his operation are dreams are dead. This is this is the age of real piracy, basically. <laughs> Nothing matters but money and power. Uh, and and we find out as a result, Nami kind of finally asks Zoro why they reacted the way they did when Bellamy first calls their their dream of Sky Island stupid, where they just kind of stood there and took abuse, like like literally. And he explains that it was out of pity. Like him and Luffy decided that. They felt like these two, these guys who had no dreams were too pathetic to fight. And it's stupid, but (laughs) it was dumb. It was dumb, but it's, it's interesting because now that, now that Luffy has a, because that's the thing, it's like Luffy has a lot of fun fighting, right? Usually he, he loves to fight. He could. In this case, he just did it in one punch. It's like, I'm done. And then left. He wasn't, he wasn't there to- Give me the treasure, I'm out. Yeah. He was He was pissed off enough, like, he's not there to have fun. He's not there for to, like, stretch his, stretch his legs, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's there to defeat Bellamy, teach him a lesson, get their his friend's shit, and then leave. Meanwhile, <laughs> the Hall of Justice- We get into some world government shit real deep. Hey, what's up? Here's the supreme leaders of the world government. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's worded. Let's just Here we are. Let's just stop everything supreme. with this story about pirates and just talk about the most powerful people in the world right now. <laughs> they're they're worried because two very 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 powerful pirate crews are about to meet and they don't know what that means. And what are those pirate crews? It's old man Whitebeard. Oh, big old boy. I actually really loved this introduction to Whitebeard for a lot of different reasons. He is massive. He's fucking huge. He's he's huge and he's like like we've met a lot of pirate captains but you can immediately tell 
for like a number of reasons that he's just like this guy is nothing like we have seen yet like this guy's not human like that's what he comes across as like this is like a god (laughs) he's he is a he is a pirate god one of the things i i really liked though about this is that they have kind of a cutaway like one of shank's uh kind of underlings goes to give the message to uh, old man Whitebeard and Whitebeard is like ah whippersnapper <laughs> fuck <laughs> Back off. Back in my day fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> get off my lawn. Get off my lawn you damn kids. <laughs> He's like he is absolutely one of my favorite types of characters just the grumpy old man. <laughs> He's he's your tr- he's your favorite trope. He's just very large. <laughs> he's 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 my favorite. He he tells this he tells this kid to get the hell out of here, and the 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 pirate whose name is Rockstar, which is great, <laughs> calls up Shanks and is like, "Boss, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I failed you. How how can I ever show my face around you again? Like, I got a <laughs> Shanks I, is like, it's cool. I yeah, know. <laughs> like we we get we're shown once again that Shanks hasn't really changed." He's still the good old Shanks that we met before, even though he's clearly very powerful now. I think it's also like there's pirate grandpa just being an asshole. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Well, we oh, we get the hint. It's cool. We've dealt with it. We've all dealt <laughs> we, with it. He, he he tells he tells Rockstar like, ah, don't worry about it. Just come back. We'll party. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and, and it's like, ah. Oh. And, and again, there's that um, there's that contrast between him, uh, and like every other pirate captain we've ever seen like even even uh, a whitebeard like any other pirate captain we've seen if some guy showed up was like ah i have a message from my leader he would have just killed him right yeah but whitebeard doesn't yeah, work mean, that way shanks is obviously a very modest dude yeah yeah and thinking about that scary big boy as a warlord oh yes so we get to meet two of the warlords and then plus hawkeye who we already knew was a warlord <laughs> oh right right hawkeye shows up and he's kind of like Those are introductions yeah he he's he's being all like he's just too cool he's yeah he's too cool for school he's i'm just here to observe blah 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 but then we find out that some guy named blackbeard is actually trying to become the new warlord and who does blackbeard end up being it's the guy that luffy met in the bar last time so speaking of which um eventually uh uh we get back to the crew and they're headed towards the knock-up stream, because it turns out getting blown into the sky by the ocean is the only way to get to Skypea for them. <laughs> and, and, and it's sort of like, they get into position, and then suddenly it's like, oh, hi, Blackbeard. Bye, Blackbeard. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> he, he shows up to, like, he's like, okay, I need to make a name for myself so I can become a warlord. And then he shows up, he says, Luffy, I've come for your head, and then his ship gets blown the fuck up. But they make it into the sky. <gasps> they make it into the sky. They they now do we're it. we're on volume 26. And what up, Sky Island? And, like, for a minute, it's like, isn't this a... Isn't this a manga about pirates? Like, how how did this happen? <laughs> we're in the sky. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I think this was the point where it hit me that, like, Oda can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> I mean, that's always been that case, but, like, this is just, like, he is, there's so much he can get away with. I love the moment where they show up at Heaven's Gate, and it's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, at at the beginning part where they're in this, like, cloudy sea, Luffy, like, stretches out his arm into the, the clouds, and Robin Sprout's eyes... 
Yeah, actually, you know what? That's a good question. Um, why did Usopp just jump in? <laughs> oh, right, because they were saving Usopp, weren't they? Yeah, they were saving Usopp. I mean, I guess since this is, like, they, I guess they don't know what clouds are made of. So anyway, I don't like the eyes. I'm sorry. Robin, don't do that ever again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they make it to an island eventually. They they make it to Skypea. They just straight up make it to Skypea, the thing they were looking for. They make it. And then you have- They did it. You have this moment where they land on the beach and you're like, well, I guess they made it. <laughs> This was their whole point of the arc, right? To get to Skypea? Well, we're here now. They have a, they have a good time. <laughs> they have such a good time just in these volumes. Yeah, I... It, it's... Well, up to a point. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I actually really enjoy the unabashed, like, use of, like, sky and heaven motifs throughout Skypea. Like, the first person... They meet a person immediately, and she has wings like an angel... And she's playing a harp, and like the it they look like they're in a cloudy like paradise, and there's I, there's even kind of beanstalk shaped roads everywhere, and and there's just like all these motifs of like oh like fairy tales and things of things up in the sky, um just going going ham, but also snails, snails snail power, <laughs> snail dead like even is yeah, snail dead. Snail dad. Even so, Conus and uh, Pagaya are our first two sky people that we meet. They're going to teach us some cloud science. They got cloud science. <laughs> but also, they're snails, and I still don't understand what the connection between snails and sky is. Is that some kind of like. Is that, is that one of those like puns that you don't make sense unless you're j- Japanese? I. I. Oh, you know what, though? I do want to say that. Conus is one of my favorite designs in One Piece. I oh, love yeah. her design. Her weird little like giraffe hair, and well, little wings, and her little sweater dress. They're snail stalks. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! And P- Pagaya also has snail stalks, and then he has a basket on his back when you meet him, so he looks like a snail. Oh my god! I'd never made that yeah. connection. If I remember correctly, uh, uh, the names Conus and Pagaya actually come from I think the Greek and Latin words for snail. Oh, hey <laughs> um, Oh, man. Jay, you've made that hair make sense to right? me. Because all these years I've just looked at and was like, giraffe. Yeah, that's why I was That's why I was talking about, like, what, what's up with the snail motif? I don't understand. Anyway, I love Konus's look. She's really cute. I love Konus, too. I love that they get to this, they get to this sky place and immediately these two people show up and they're just, like, super nice. Which is a nice change of pace. They're just, like... Oh, outsiders, let let us help you. Let's have a feast at our house. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you my jet ski. Oh, man, another moment of Luffy just being a fucking child. When Nami is on that sky, ra- or on that cloud rider <laughs> thing, and he's just upsetty about it because he couldn't drive it for shit, and he's like, I hope she, I hope she sinks. <laughs> yeah, he just sinks. <laughs> He's just salty about it. He keeps he keeps saying things to like get her off. Come on, you're gonna dummy. You're gonna break it. Stupid, come in. <laughs> Luffy's I, just being such a brat. I I love little boy Luffy. I love it when he acts like such a brat. He's so cute. But uh, so they have this nice time with the sky people, and then shit breaks bad pretty quick. Oh no. <laughs> Suddenly it turns out they were they, having a good time. It turns out they've angered God. 
which is unfortunate. So half the crew gets taken away, and Sanji, Usopp, and Luffy have to go on a... They're, they're told by Konis that they have to go basically on a quest to go save them, or else they'll be sacrificed. As they're walking down Lovely Street, which is a great name for this thing that's going to happen... Um, as they're walking down this, you know, this lovely area of this, of this, of this paradise island, things start to feel off. It's a little ominous. It gets really ominous really quick. And it's like, ooh, what's going on? And when Luffy just kind of like, again, he flips that switch where suddenly it's serious Luffy. And he's just, he asks Kona straight up, like, why are you shaking? You've been really worried this entire time. What's going on? We find out that, uh... These people are living in constant fear. Like, it's it's terrifying. It's it's like... Well, look, I mean, at this point, we've already kind of seen, like, had that power demonstrated. Uh, Nami witnessed the, the wrath firsthand of seeing, like, this bolt of lightning. Like, bolt. That's not... This mass of lightning. <laughs> this arm of just lightning. obliterate someone. <laughs> Not not just the person; it's surrounding areas. Just <laughs> oh, and it's it's great. These these uh, lightning flashes, the art it does such a good job, like showing that amount of power, like the bloom, like the yeah, like, like the bloom surrounding uh, uh, the characters where everything gets yes. washed out for like half a sec. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I just really really love the sudden like. Again, they show up on this. They show up on this island. The people here are so friendly. It, it, they they keep saying, "Oh, it feels like paradise here," and all the people are so kind, and everything just seems so nice. And then that sudden realization that actually no, everything is terrible. And it's interesting to do that with the with the religious. I mean, not religious, but you know, these are angels. <laughs> with with the iconography that is being used. I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit. Meanwhile, in the woods, <laughs> Zoro fights a shark. Everyone, okay. So something that I really love about this arc is that everyone kind of, they're on an adventure and everyone, they're they're on an adventure in the jungle. And so everyone kind of gets adventure clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like everyone kind of oh, gets, Oh no, you're right. Everyone gets kind of like a little bit of a wardrobe change. Like eventually Luffy, Luffy doesn't change that much, but he gets like some wristbands because he's on an adventure and that's his adventure gear. And like Nami's wearing a bikini top or a t-shirt. And then Zoro switches out for a a tank top and some goggles. And so they're just like, ah, adventure gear. (laughs) They all got cool backpacks. Yeah. (laughs) So um, getting into 27, uh, the crew fights their first vassal. This this fight, I don't have much to say about this fight. This fight is weirdly brutal. Like, there's moments where Oda shows just how badly these guys got hurt. And it's like, they got really hurt. Especially Sanji. Especially Sanji. Like, for a moment, they think that he's dead. <laughs> they don't seem to care that much, but they mention that they thought he was dead. You know. We also get kind of this hint about this thing called Mantra. It, and it puts Luffy in an interesting position because it's the first time he's had to, like, like, so he just defeated a warlord of the sea. He defeated Crocodile. So you think, like, okay, so they're about to go up against some henchmen. Not another big bad, but some henchmen. So how are they going to make this fight seem as, like, as difficult as fighting a warlord of the sea? Well, first of all, they he does it. 
it, it, it's a brutal fight and Luffy actually does have a very difficult time for a number of reasons. Um, but also, uh, we get a hint of, of these, these guys have this thing called a mantra. Oh. And it is implied that they can see into the future. And we haven't really gotten too much, like, mystical stuff in this. Like, we have devil fruit, which you would assume is some kind of magic. But this isn't really a magic or mysticism heavy series, right? No. So this idea of, like, they can sense, they can, they can sense the future in some ways. Like, ooh, it's different. And of course, we all have the, you know, there's also the whole, like, all-knowing god thing going on. Yeah. So something I wanted to point out that I thought was really interesting. Um, we get this kind of cutaway to Ganfor, where he had saved Konus and Pagaya. Snail, snail dad. For being a guy that introduced himself, like, being, like, a greedy, greedy guy, he just, like, he, he took them and he's taking care of them. Yeah. He, he actually, I mean, he does, well, we, we find out, um, from what Konus said as, as they were riding away together, because he showed up to save, to save Konus, he used to be Kami. She called him Kami. So he cares about, we, we find out that while, uh, uh, the almighty, all-knowing Enel is a monster and a tyrant, this old Kami is, he loves his people and he, he cares about them. He wants to protect them. He seems them. like a humble dude. Yeah. He, however, has an interesting conversation with Konus where he is explaining what pirates are, which is interesting because the series plays a lot with that idea of what, what are pirates. Um, and when Konus says, oh no, so they're criminals? Ganfor straight up says, no, actually it's more accurate to say that they're outcasts or outsiders. Hey. And it's like, he basically just summed up the, the whole concept of piracy in this universe, in, in this series. Piracy means a lot of different things for a lot of different characters in this series. But when he looks at the Straw Hats, he explains they're they're just people who don't play by the rules. They're not evil. They're not criminals. They're just people who don't play by the rules. And there's and that's an umbrella like that encompasses all of it. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's different reasons why someone might be in that situation. And it's just it's it's really interesting. It's a nice like kind of sum up of the whole thesis. And we're seeing why. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question for you. What's up? When we're introduced to the idea of the Shandians, mm-hmm. were you also a little, like, blindsided? Like, a little, like, oh, that's, there's other people up here? Yeah. Like, we saw the, the... Why? Where? Huh? Huh? Yeah. We Like, we saw the, the quote-unquote gorilla um, at the very beginning of when they, you know, entered the White Sea. But it, it they haven't really, ex- and, and you see him very briefly after that, but it... Suddenly, it's just like there's a whole bunch of people here that are completely different than everyone else we've seen, and they're here and they have a reason for being here, and we haven't really gotten a lot of good lead up to this. <laughs> and suddenly, it's just a bunch of ruthless guys that give no shits. And all right, yeah, I, I guess they're important. Yeah, I guess they're important. I gotta say, there's not. It feels like there should have been a little bit more foreshadowing, maybe. Yeah, for the, sure. To the Shandians. Especially because their plight becomes sympathetic as the volume goes on. But when they're introduced, they just seem like a bunch of assholes. So, the big reveal near the end of this volume is Jaya. They're on Jaya. It's, it's, it's Jaya. It's Jaya. The, this, they were there the whole time. It was, it was just up there, bro. They've been talking about the sacred land this whole time. This earth that's been up there. These trees. And it turns out it's Shia. Okay, so... There's the other half of Cricket's house. That spread where they show, like, the lead-in 
to the house where they're like, I can't believe it. I can't believe what I'm looking at. And then it opens up to the spread of you see his house and suddenly everything just makes sense. I, I remember reading this for the first time and just like, it, again, it's one of those, oh, oh my gosh, there, I, I understand now. It's like, oh, yes. Unlike a lot of other arcs, this series has been kind of building around a little bit of a mystery. And you've been getting little bits and pieces of the mystery as the story has progressed. And to have that just sudden, no, this is what's going on. It's like, this is like the tipping point. Suddenly things start yes. to get clearer and clearer as the the arc continues and it's uh that's what i love about this arc too yeah it it does like it does have these little bits and bits and pieces that make this whole um this whole folklore pull together real well yeah it's it's yeah it's excellent i love Mm -hmm. i love skype you um Uh, but it also leads into the thing that i really love about this arc which we mentioned at the beginning of the episode they're finally doing some pirate shit. They're... Yeah, they get excited real quick. And now they have a map of an island shaped like a skull. Yeah. And like a riddle to find the treasure. It's just so good. <laughs> like suddenly, whoa, this is pirate like, stuff. Suddenly, this is really piratey. Wow, one piece. I know, and, and I like that because I, I like how this is done because it makes sense with the story. Like earlier with the maps, like I talked about before where like the Alabasta arc... Those maps made things confusing. It didn't work. It was aggravating. And even did a little bit of that earlier with Skypea again. When they were talking about the roads and, like, going to the altar and yeah, stuff. Yeah, a little too much geography. Like, Oda, this is unnecessary. <laughs> I didn't like it. But this case, it's like, okay, here's a map in a context that works. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm excited for a treasure hunt. I'm excited for these guys to go follow a treasure map and go find the city Aye. of gold. Like, I'm just excited for pirate stuff. I'm arg, arg. shiver me yes. tinders or whatever. Oh yeah, like we looking at that map and talking about these notes and stuff. Did you notice that Nami had glasses on? Yes, I absolutely did notice. Don't know what that's okay. about. Because <laughs> he felt like. Why it. does Zoro have goggles? I don't know. <laughs> He felt like drawing him with goggles this time. When they set off for their new adventure, isn't that the point where um, Luffy has a stick and Chopper is excited about it? And Luffy has another childish moment where he's like, you can't have it. I I, I found it. And then then Chopper Chopper immediately runs off to go find his own stick and he's copying Luffy. And like, again, those little character moments. Where oh. Choppers just wants to be like the the big guys because he's the little brother. There's another really good moment with Chopper where uh, after the incident with Ganfor and one of the vassals and Mary's damaged and Ganfor gets injured and it's really scary. The crew gets back to the ship and they're looking for Chopper and they're worried and it turns out he's hiding because he doesn't want to have to admit how scared he was. Oh, and, Chopper. And they're just like, it's okay, Chopper. We know you're tough. And it's like, oh, guy. Chopper such a, feels such a sweet little role. He's so, he's so precious. Okay, the last thing I wanted to talk about. It's the last thing we're, we're going to talk about. All okay. right, so pretty much the last thing that we kind of learn in this volume is we finally get to meet the almighty Enel. Mm. Oh, should we clear that up, by the way? In the English translation, they call him Enaru. This is one of the times where we're just going to call them what they call him in the anime. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Anel. It's Anel. 
And oh boy. Oh boy. It, it's interesting because this, this, it, it's kind of, I mean, it's a little bit like Crocodile where we knew who the villain was before we got to see him. But he's been the villain for like three chapters now and we're just now getting to see what he looks like and what he's all about. Y'all, I mean, I can't talk about him yet, but when he showed up being himself, I like, I couldn't, I was hollering. I'm, I love this guy. What a, what a scamp. <laughs> what, oh. a, what a just, just like. I mean, I don't want to hype nothing or nothing and, and. He's my favorite villain. He's a he's a very good villain. I feel like I didn't appreciate him enough my first read through. I do, however, want to talk real quick. Let's let's look at can we can we talk about Enel's throne real quick? Because here's the thing: on top of his throne, it says Kami. He his design is specifically meant to look like Raijin, the Shinto god of thunder and lightning, right? But then above yeah. his throne. Is just straight up a Christian cross. <laughs> just straight up. Well, you know, this arc is kind of just like, it's all whatever. <laughs> He's pulling from a lot of buckets, is what I'm saying. It's, I, I, I find it, I find it interesting because, so, okay, we get to Skypea and obviously there's a lot of Christian heaven motifs going on. They straight up find Heaven's Gate. Uh, all the people look like angels you know, it's it's a kingdom in the sky, blah, 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 with clouds. Uh, <laughs> straight up a Christian cross on the... Uh, but one of the interesting things I found out is that in Japanese, uh, kami can both mean like a Shinto god, and it can also mean like a god with a capital G. So yeah. when, when Oda is talking about kami here, he really is just using a blanket term. Just god. You're talking mm-hmm. about god. However, that brings me into one of my favorite things about Enel as a villain. A lot of the villains that we've run into so far are tyrants, right? We had Arlong, we had Crocodile, we had Wapple, just like literal tyrants. For whatever reason or the other, they feel like they have the divine right or the natural right to rule over people. Enel is unique because he doesn't feel like he has the divine right. He feels that he is divine. He is divine. Ganfor points this out that Kami is a title. Like, uh, Ganfor used to be Kami, but it's a title. Like, he's just the leader of these people. And now actually feels that he is almighty. Using, Mm. the the translation uses, specifically uses that word, which in English has connotations of, like, literal, actual God. And it's, it's scary. (laughs) It's, it's one one of the things that I just drink it. I can't wait. I can't wait for more. It's just, we can't, it's gonna keep going. It's gonna keep going. It it gets worse and worse. Like, it's what makes him such a scary villain because, because he takes that concept of tyranny to the next level. Gonfor talks about, like, the idea of his people living in constant guilt. And it's like, oh, oh, that's some good shit right there. Even like, oh, the, the, the helpless lambs, like, oh, with the, with the kind of like, (laughs) with the kind of like visuals we're given here and the, and the verbiage that is being used. It's like, oh, this is getting into some, some good shit right here. Mm -hmm. And Nella's going to be a good villain. Yeah. I'm, I am looking forward to continuing on and being able to talk more about him. He has such a presence. He does. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, 
that's about it. This was this was fun. I these were This was a fun set of volumes. This is a fun set of volumes. We kind of just got to see the crew be a pirate crew and be a unit and like even robin's like being her little it's like it's very subtle but she'll just show these little bits of sweetness i do want to say one thing though Hmm. jay what i appreciate you and all of the hard work that you put into this no because you jay edits this thing and does it so well I try my and... hardest. I try my hardest. <laughs> I try my hardest. And I love her so much in doing this with her. <laughs> I love doing this with you too, Jamie. Jamie, this is this is our ninth episode. We've been doing this for hmm 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 seventeen weeks now. Hey, that's not including the hiatuses we've had to take for holidays and whatnot. We're getting a chunk through this. We we are. We're about a quarter of the way through now. Like a like officially past a quarter. Isn't hey. isn't that something? Uh, but I'm glad you and I'm glad everyone listening is on this journey with us. This voyage, if you will. <laughs> One Piece is great. <laughs> and if you'd like to continue reading with us, our next episode will be on Monday, March 25th. We'll be covering volumes 28 through 30. And you can check us out on Twitter at Straw Hat Voyage. And from there, you can find our Discord, and you can come chat with us and chat about One Piece or share some you know, fan the art. Tell us who your favorite yes. character is and why it's Zoro. Who's your favorite villain? Who's your favorite mm, villain? It's Anel, right? <laughs> mm, already, you're just like, look at that guy. <laughs> Before we go, just a reminder that the intro and outro for our podcast is the One Piece Opening Twenty Hope Remix by Andrezo Works and Akano. And you can check out more of their amazing anime covers and remixes on YouTube and find a link to download the song in our podcast description. Until next time. Let's go treasure hunting together. Arg. Arg. Yo-ho-ho. Bye. Ho, bye. <laughs>